Do you have the courage to obey God? Learn how one ancient queen risked her life to save her people and how this inspiring story relates to true Christians. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Iran often speaks of wiping Israel off the map, and this is uh, something that is repeated often in the Middle East. Bibi Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, came to America and, and he spoke about something that I think Congress was not expecting. He talked quite a bit about the book of Esther in the Bible, the book that uh, a lot of people don't know very much about. But he also talked about the survival of his people, Israel. Now, today we see Israel they're very close to Iran, and, and they see that they're continuing to develop their nuclear power, and they are very, the Iran is very close to getting the nuclear bomb. And so he wanted to talk about the survival of his people, and he was concerned about whether or not his people could survive, which is really a problem in the entire world, but it's more of a problem in a way for Israel. Now, Iran also threatens the U.S. with uh, destruction. They talk often about uh, death to America. But I want to read to you what Prime Minister Netanyahu said about Esther in the, the book of Esther. He said, My friends, I've come here today because, as Prime Minister of Israel, I feel a profound obligation to speak to you about an issue that could well threaten the survival of my country and the future of my people. Iran's quest for nuclear weapons, that was his concern. We're an ancient people. In our nearly 4,000 years of history, many have tried repeatedly to destroy the Jewish people. Tomorrow night, on the Jewish holiday of Purim, We'll read the book of Esther. We'll read of a powerful Persian viceroy named Haman who plotted to destroy the Jewish people some 2,500 years ago. But a courageous Jewish woman, Queen Esther, exposed the plot and gave for the Jewish people the right to defend themselves against their enemies. The plot was foiled and people were saved. Now, what does that have to do? with you. What does it have to do with me? There's a lot more here than just some, a message about Esther. It has everything to do with continuing God's plan on this earth, and that means it actually brings you and me into the picture in this end time. It is tied to the Second Coming of Jesus Christ and just before that Second Coming. So Queen Esther certainly showed them how to solve their problems and the way she took this to God, and she fasted about it, and she asked that the other Jews all fasted about it for three days and make sure they were getting close to God. That's what fasting is for, is to bring us close to God. And so she and her group of ladies helping her also fasted and took this to God. And here's what uh, Ernest Martin wrote about this, and you'll see that uh, this has more to do with our time 
than it does with Esther's time. And that's why this is so important to all of us right now. Dr. Ernest Martin had this to say about the book of Esther. He said, Why was the king of Persia so interested in the Jews' religion? And why did he want Jerusalem to be rebuilt and inhabited? The answer is plain. The Bible records how Esther, a Jewish girl, became the queen of Persia, and Mordecai, her older cousin, really, became prime minister of the kingdom. And Esther was married to King Xerxes. That's a man who ruled the whole world at the time. She was married to him, and his name in the Bible is Ahasuerus. It's mentioned here that according to Persia reckoning from 485 to 465 B.C., that all of that happened. So Esther was used to continue God's work and God's plan. I'll show you as we go along. Now, there was a, a very evil man by the name of Haman. He was the king's prime minister. He was really the number two power in that nation that ruled the world. He was going to destroy the entire Jewish race. And of course, that concerned Mordecai, who was a Jew, and Esther very much. And they wondered how they could deal with this problem. So somebody was going to have to get the truth to King Xerxes. Somebody was going to have to do that if they were going to be able to save the Jewish people in the Persian Empire at that time. Notice what it says in Esther 4 and verse 10, chapter 4, verse 10. Again, Esther spoke unto Hatach and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. And all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in to the king these thirty days." So that's what Esther was saying. How can I do that? And verse 12, And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with yourself that you shall escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. In other words, you have to realize that you're going to be killed too. They're going to kill all the Jews, and that included this Jewish queen. So, verse 14, For if you altogether hold your peace at this time, then shall their enlargement, or just distress and anxiety, and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Now, here's a, a very righteous man, Mordecai, saying, Well, uh, Esther, who, who knows whether you are come in the kingdom to, right now to help us save the Jews? Now, he just told her, Look, uh, certainly it was a situation where she was going to be killed, just like everybody else. Then he asked her a hard question, Well, who knows whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In other words, uh, who knows, but maybe what God sent you here is for this very purpose. And that uh, was a hard, hard question for her to answer. Now, she uh, certainly had 
uh, been uh, well, really reared mostly by Mordecai, and so they were very close. But here, here again, you see that God does use individuals, and sometimes they don't want to do what God wants them to do. They don't want to want to do it, but it does say that God calls people out of this world and gives them some pretty impressive jobs if they will do them. But it also says many are called, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. Well, Esther was chosen. It's pretty obvious by just reading on in this book that she was. So you you. Uh, have to understand human nature because many of the prophets and many of the people called by God to use in very serious situations and very dramatic events. And so many of them would say, Well, who am I to be doing this? Jeremiah said, Why, I'm just a child. He was probably about 17. He was a teenager. And God says, Well, don't, don't tell me that. This is a job I want you to do. And he had had the Spirit of God from the, his birth, one of the few, one of the three people that had in the, uh, that it talks about in the Bible. And so most people would say, Well, how could God want me? Why, why would God want me to do this? I'm not qualified to do what God wants me to do, and that is what many people say. And simply, they, that's why many are called and few are chosen. So we have to keep that in mind. Notice verse 15, Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast you for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. So there was a long fast. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. What a courageous woman, willing to die for her people. How many people on this earth today, how many people in this nation or other nations are willing to die? for their people, willing to give their lives for their own family. Of course, the whole human family is one. We just don't know that, but we're going to learn it very soon. We're all here because we came from Adam and Eve, and that doesn't usually get too well accepted in the scholarly world. But how many people do you know in, would, today would do such a thing as that? Many of our forefathers died, spilled their blood, so that we might have freedom today, freedom to speak, freedom to talk about what I'm talking about. What person would stand up like this lady, this queen, this beautiful queen, and say, okay, the king has to get this message. And if he kills me, he kills me. But I'm going to get this message to him if I can. And so she set out to do that. But how about you and how about me? <laughs> Are we willing to take a stand and maybe even die for our own people? That is something that God even says when He calls us that something like that could happen. 
He said, you have to even give up your family and perhaps even your own life. If, you want, if you're willing to do God's work and get His message out to this world, which is always just routinely rejected, and not often has mankind heard the message and heeded what it said. So all this, though, is tied to the end time, to the end time. The, uh, right after they built the temple, well, things, people began to get lackadaisical and didn't want to do the work and build Jerusalem and the wall that was going to go around Jerusalem and protect the temple. And so here's what Dr. Ernest Martin wrote about that. He said, After the deaths of Zerubbabel and Joshua, who led the first wave of returning Jews to Palestine, the people began to take a lackadaisical attitude concerning the services in the temple, and religion in general. Just didn't think much about religion. Even though the temple had been completed in the early months of 515 B.C., the people of Palestine took no interest in rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. It still remained in ruins, and God was very much upset by that, very much. So, just about, well, 15 years after that, after Esther's experience here, Ezra went to Jerusalem, and, and, uh, and, little, and then, then Nehemiah. And they had people there, but, and a lot of it was because of Esther and what she did to save her people. And they realized that they needed a home where they could be safer, much safer than what they were. But now today, they're, well, some of their neighbors want to wipe them off the face of the earth. Something is wrong with this terrible, terrible world. Something is wrong with the madness we see going on in this world. So Ezra taught the law, and at that time Artaxerxes was ruling, and Artaxerxes was the son of Xerxes, who was married to Esther. So Esther was right in the middle of this, right there with world rulers, men who ruled the entire world. And she had to put her life on the line, and that's not an easy thing to do. She had been, uh, really, uh, she had just tremendous courage, and, it, and many people today, uh, especially in the Jewish nation, really look forward, or Jewish people look forward to uh, understanding Esther better because she did such a great deed, and, and they have declared this holiday, Purim, which is about the book of Esther and what Esther did. They know that's the kind of spirit that they need to survive. People have to be willing to put their lives on the line. There's, I mean, they have enemies all around them. Notice Ezra 7 and verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Eternal, and to do it, and to teach the, uh, in Israel statutes and judgments. Now this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra. He was working with God's prophet, the man who ruled the entire earth. 
And he gave unto Ezra the priest, the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Eternal and of the statutes to Israel, Artaxerxes, king of kings, unto Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace, and at such a time." Now, that's pretty impressive, and it really is all a type of what is going to happen in this end time, and much of it has already happened. Here we have the son of Xerxes, who was married to the queen, Queen Esther, and now the son is ruling, and they they all united, the Jews united like one man, and they were really united. They have been in a few times in history, but here you have today. The Jewish people are bitterly divided. The American people are bitterly divided, and uh, the British people are bitterly divided. So, we need to be united, because a, a, a nation divided against itself cannot stand. The Scriptures tell us in the New Testament, you cannot stand if you don't have unity. And how are you going to have that? Well, after Ezra established the law, then along came Nehemiah, and he he had more power than Ezra just to work with everybody. He was the governor, and he built a wall around Jerusalem. And we've actually had our students go over there, and we have uncovered that wall, helping、uh, Dr. Mazar, who is in charge of that. Now. That was exciting to us, but we've also helped uncover David's palace, which is even more exciting. But this is this is talking about reaching into a a time, which is only a type of what's coming upon us now, and what's happening today. So、uh, these are indeed exciting times. The、uh, courage and the faith. That Esther had. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. She had to do what she believed was God's will. Now that's the kind of commitment we need to God. All of us need that, and all of us lack in this area. But what a what a great lady she was, and what a she a hero she is to the Jewish people even today, and many other people. There were two prophets, though, in the in that building of the temple in Jerusalem and the wall, and that was Zechariah and Haggai, and both wrote prophetic books in the Bible. Now, why would they do that? That was done to show that all of that was at that time was only a type of what's coming on in this end time. There are two prophetic books that are specifically for this end time. Zechariah and Haggai. Now, the leaders of Rubbabel built the second temple, and there was Joshua there with him, and though and Haggai and Zechariah were the prophets, they were helping to keep the people working and keeping them all united, and it was all a type of what we are doing today. And you can read those two books and booklets and study them. And you can see that, and you can prove that to yourself. 
you really need to understand about Esther because she paved the way for really getting back to building up Jerusalem and a wall around it so they could protect the temple. But that temple was physical, and God is not, his ultimate interest is not in a physical temple, but in a spiritual temple. His own people are the spiritual temple today. You can read that in Ephesians 2 and 18, 17 and 18 through verses 19 and 20. And you can read it many other places in the Bible. If you need more information, we'll give you that. There are a number of scriptures that tell you that. But today, God is concerned about the spiritual temple, getting it ready for His second coming to help Him rule the world and the universe. Now, if you step out and obey God and do His work, let me tell you, He's going to give you a reward that's going to make you dizzy when you understand what it really means. It's that wonderful. So Zerubbabel led the Jews in building the physical temple, but if you look at Zechariah, well, hey, there's, a, uh, there's another Zerubbabel in this end time that's building the spiritual temple just before Christ returns. And Mr. Armstrong said, and I'll just read this to you quickly, as Zerubbabel built the first temple of material stone, wood, and other material, he was a forerunner, or a type of one through whom Christ would raise up and build the spiritual temple. And you can see it happened. In our booklet, we prove that to you. That temple is, is the sons of God. God is creating a family, and He's bringing sons into that family. That's precious. That's, a building is nothing compared to that, becoming sons of God, sons and daughters of God. And that, I'm telling you, we, uh, you can go back, that's right, to about, well, 2,000 years ago, and it's a type of what's coming today. Read Zechariah 3, verses 8 through 10, where it says, uh, this is for the latter days, just before Jesus Christ returns. And verse 6 of Zechariah 4 says, It's not by power nor by might, but by my Spirit, says the Eternal. It takes the Spirit of God today to do this and to stand up like Esther did. It takes a lot of help from God. And it tells you there that the hands of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of all his house that is being built. A man has already done it, come, and he's gone. Haggai 2 and verse 6, we'll conclude there. It talks about in the Revised Standard Version, for thus says the Eternal of hosts, once again, in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Now, this is the spiritual shaking. There's also a physical shaking. I'll show you here if I have time. But a spiritual shaking that's going to shake the heavens and the earth. This is spiritual. God's playing what He's doing. He's creating a new world. The true church is really the beginning of a new world, not just a church. But what, a, what is the purpose of that church? What is it going to do? It's going to sit on the throne with Jesus Christ, the throne of David, and help Him rule the world for a thousand years, and then help Him rule the entire universe forever. And it's all, it's all been wrecked out there, and we have to repair all that and raise up the ruins. 
from Lucifer's rebellion against God. It destroyed and left pockmarks in planets all throughout the universe. You can read that in Romans 8, and it really is quite inspiring. But this refers, you see, when he's talking about shaking uh, the heavens and the earth, he's talking about spiritual. Spiritual lives are at stake. That's worth everything. And we can't let that, we can't lose that. That's what we have to cling to and get out there and do God's work and, and show the world this master plan. We are universe beings. We're here on this earth to, to become sons and daughters of God who live forever, or in the very family of God, in our kingdom of God. That is the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about. God says, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth because there's so many eternal lives at stake. So God wants to do everything He can to help us rule this universe and get ready for the second coming of Christ. You can read the verses 7 through 9 and see that God says this, this last temple that He's talking about is far greater than Solomon's temple, a physical building. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. Do you have the courage to obey God? Learn how one ancient queen risked her life to save her people, and how this inspiring story relates to true Christians. Esther was a woman of extraordinary courage. Her faith in God saved the Jews from annihilation. Yet not long after this incredible miracle, the Jews fell asleep spiritually. Despite God inspiring King Cyrus of Persia to send some Jews to rebuild Jerusalem, this great reconstruction project soon ground to a halt. In response, God sent two temple prophets to warn of such spiritual lethargy, not just anciently, but in this end time. Their messages are not just fascinating history, but dramatic prophecy. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklets on Haggai and Zechariah to learn how God's spiritual temple today, His one true church, is far more important and far more glorious than the physical temple anciently. Still, these prophets also foretold the existence of a physical house for God on earth in this end time. Learn how God's house today is a symbol of endless hope for the entire world. Request Haggai, God has begun to shake the nations, and Zechariah, the sign of Christ's imminent return. Eventually, Ezra and Nehemiah journeyed to Jerusalem to reignite its reconstruction. Request our free booklet, Ezra and Nehemiah, Building God's Temple, to learn about one of the most interesting aspects of Judah's ancient history, the building of the second temple. These two zealous men of God stirred the entire nation to uphold God's law, to purify their lives, to boldly resist their enemies, and to properly build God's temple. Discover how to rally around God like ancient Judah did. Learn about the stupendous reward God will give to those who do so. You'll also receive Gerald Flurry's free booklet on Chronicles. The biblical book of Chronicles is the proper conclusion to the Old Testament, though this fact confuses Bible scholars. The message of this book goes beyond physical and spiritual temples, transporting the reader out into the vast, decaying universe. God is telling us about His plans to raise the universe ruins. To learn how God will restore the universe to its former splendor, request the Book of Chronicles. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request our booklets on Ezra and Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Chronicles. 
order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.